Jesus, for the Holy Ghost that is in this place, we magnify you. We extol you and lift up your name on high. It is the great name, the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We call on that name, Savior, and give you praise. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and worship him. Thankful to feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen, amen, amen. As we all stand together this morning, it is an honor, always an honor, to stand in front of this congregation and deliver the word of God. I'm thankful for his word, thankful for truth. I'm thankful for an apostolic church that I could come to and freely worship. Man, I felt his presence this morning. If you have your Bibles, care to turn to the book of Matthew chapter number 7. We will read from verses 24 through 27. Once again, thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. I give you great credence and honor this morning. There's no place I'd rather be than in his presence. Matthew chapter number 7, verse 24, it reads in this fashion, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever felt the wind and the rain beat upon your house? And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. This morning I want to teach just for a few more seconds on this title. The title is Section 1808.6.1. Section 1808.6.1. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning, Savior. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your loving kindness, Savior. I ask that you would continue a work in this place, although you have moved in a great way. Lord, I pray that you anoint these lips of clay to speak to your people. God, help us to hear what thus saith the Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Jesus speaking about building, and where to build, and why we should build where we build. The building process is is a very interesting one and takes a lot of time to build correctly. It is a process. It is a process that you have to trust in. A lot of times when people build, for example, a home, it is of high interest, first of all, to know where to build their home. So location is key. And questions like, can I live here? Will I be happy here? What kind of schools are in the area? Thank God for a Christian school that you could take your kids to. What kind of amenities are around me? Are there resources? Can I flourish in this environment? Can I live here happily? 
And so in the physical process of all of that, all of this is taken into account when builders go and build. And they have to figure out certain things like what is in the area? Are there utilities in the area? If not, can we get them to this place? Can we connect to sewer? Or are we going to have to do septic tanks? Can we, can we connect to power? Who's the utility company? Is it PG&E? Is it in Kern County? It could be SoCal Edison. And is there a way that we can access power? And you cannot build a home unless you have access to power. And even since ancient time, there must be water furnished to the residents. And uh, we went to Jerusalem recently. And the first and foremost thing that civilizations needed before they built great cities was access to a source of water. And that's important. Before you build, you have to have water. And you cannot live without it. You cannot grow food without it. You cannot feed livestock without it. It is an essential part of life. It is an essential part of building. Once these things are found and, 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 and something can be erected at this place, then a lot of grading needs to take place in the soil. There's compaction that has to take place. Grading is so important because of water runoff and other things to keep your home dry in a wet season. And so there has to be grading. And then the soil can't just be loose like sand, as our scripture has pointed out. But there has to be a type of soil that qualifies for building upon. And so compaction tests are done. A laboratory will come out and take spot checks where compaction has taken place just to verify that where your building is safe enough to build a structure. And in the house of God today, the word of God is the soil that we're building everything upon. It is a firm foundation that creates something that we can trust in. I want to trust in something today. Thank God for his word. It has never failed. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God will stand and has standed or has stood forever. Thankful for the word of God. I encourage you today, get involved in the word of God. Read the word of God. For in it you will find life. For in it you will find hope. And your dreams can be built upon the word of God. Hallelujah. Salvation is in the word of God. You're going to build today, and you're going to build correctly. You need to read God's love letter to his people. And once all of those tests are passed, and it's approved that, hey, this is good soil, we can lay a foundation. Then concrete is poured, and it's not just poured haphazard, but it is poured correctly and there's correct lines delineated within the concrete, especially in a desert area like we live in, so the heat can rise out of the concrete because it will get very hot in this desert land, and we don't want the foundation to crack. It will crack in Bakersfield, but you have to make sure that you limit those kinds of cracks. And uh, then on top of that foundation that has to be structurally sound and it has to be firm, once that is laid, then we can start building the home of our dreams. We can start putting things on top of a firm foundation. And in the physical sense, we can build framework. 
We can start erecting walls and we can start putting a roof and beams and things on top of each other because the foundation is good. And we know that we can continue building because we're not going to have any kind of subsidence. Today in the house of God, we have a foundation. We have a rock that we can build on that is sure and that is Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the rock of my salvation. And if you're founded upon him, you have a bright future ahead of you. And within the walls, they start installing the rest of the electrical work and the plumbing, the ventilation and everything that is needed to live comfortably. And then after that, it's sheetrock and it's fixtures and it's stucco or whatever type of material you put on the outside of the home. And all of that stuff that goes inside of the house, all the fixtures, all the cabinets, the sinks, the, the tubs, the tile, all of that can be erected and put together nice with a pretty finished touch, all because there is a firm foundation that you are standing upon. So today my question to the house of God is, what kind of house are you building? What kind of structure are you building upon? I'm in a newer home, and I was very impressed with the builder who is Woodside Homes, because of a few things in particular, one of which was the type of a material they put inside the walls or the wood they use. And it's just kill dried wood, meaning that the wood is, is dried already. It's not full of sap. It's not a fresh cut of pine. And the walls inside the wood, the wood won't twist during the duration of your stay because it's already been cured. The wood has been uh, dried and, and pre-treated and so you're not going to live in this new house for a couple of years and look up to the wall and see a nail being pushed out of the sheetrock because the structure within the sheetrock is solid and it's not going to twist. That was very impressive to me and the other thing that I liked is they use quality uh, uh, materials inside like granite countertops, something solid, something that you wouldn't have to replace after a long time, something that you can clean pretty easily. And then they had tile roofs, not a composite roofing, but tile roofs. And that just intrigued me because that's something that will last a long time. I want to live in a house that's going to last some time. I don't want to buy something and end up repairing it all the time. I want it to stay structurally sound. And then one of the greatest features of this home is they added two more inches to the foundation which made it an even more stable foundation to build the house on top of. Those were things that really uh, caught my eye, interested me, because I knew that I'm buying something that's going to last for a while. I want to be a part of something that is long-lasting. I don't want to be a part of something that is just going to go by the wayside. I don't want to be a part of false doctrine. I don't want to be a part of hype. I don't want to be a part of the charismatic world. I just don't want to come to church and just feel good. Hallelujah. But I want there to be a change in me, and that's going to come from something that is solid, that isn't going to move, something that causes me to be better. I don't want to come into this place and change what the Word of God has established, but rather I want to come into a place and let the Word of God change me, fix me, make me better. I'm building a house today, and I want it to be acceptable unto God. I want him to look unto me and say you're built right you're doing things right right. 
Why did you come to church today? Did you come so God could work on you? Well, maybe that's shameful for me to say. I don't want to admit that I have problems. Hey, hey, if that's what it takes to be saved, then let me know of every problem I have. Let me know of every insufficiency. Let me know where I'm lacking, God, because I want to be built correctly. I want to be built upon the rock. Hallelujah. Clap your hands on this morning. Want to know what resources are you tapping into today? What is it that interests you? What are you trying to feed your home? What are you trying to bring into the home? Are you trying to bring sustenance, something that will last? Are you bringing something damaging into your house? Hallelujah. We need to be cautious of what we bring into our home. What kind of power do you have within the walls of your building? What kind of things are hidden between those walls that you cannot see, that you have surging through you? Is it things that are of God or is it things that are of the world? You need to tap into a power source today that will cause you to have energy and life that will cause you not only to help yourself but to help everyone that visits your house to be a blessing to those that see you hallelujah we have a power source thank God what we felt this morning hallelujah we could have left this place already full hallelujah I'm thankful for the move of God that was in the well today thank God for the well thank God for a church that says come to the altar where you can tap into the Holy Ghost I'm glad that I serve a God who is not dead, but he is still alive. You don't have to worry about PG&E getting shut off if your PG&E is the Holy Ghost. He's always alive. You ever lived in a home without electricity? Mom, we lived in a home without electricity for a few days. That's not fun. You ever had your water turned off? That's not fun. You ever not had gas and you had to take showers outside with the water hose in the middle of winter? That's not fun. But when you're tapped into the right power source, and when you're standing upon a solid rock, hallelujah, you can have everything that you need to survive. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham... When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. But by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. If you want life, if you want a promise today, if you want everything to be in your favor, then you need to be in constant search of a city whose foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. If you want to make right decisions, then you need to premise those upon a foundation which was built and established by God. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the man of God who can give advice based on the word of God. I'm looking for God's counsel. I am looking for God's foundation. I'm looking for the strength that he can sustain me with. Hallelujah. Abraham was looking for a city whose foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I want to find that place that God has established. 
That's where I want to live. That's where I want to go. That's where I'm taking my sons. That's where I'm taking my family. I'm going where God has called me. I don't know all the ramifications. I don't understand this desert land I'm traversing in, but I know I'm looking for God, and when I found him, I know that it will be worth the journey. Hallelujah. Enjoy the journey. You may not have the answers. You may not understand where God is leading you, but I can tell you if you just keep following him, he's going to take you into a land a promise and you will have a foundation that is sure hallelujah the Libby Center outside well you guys know where it is the Libby Center one of the first things that we had to do brother Brian Gregg asked me if I would go out and set the corners of the foundation so I thought it was really cool I have a small part in the Libby Center and, and, and building it. And, uh, and so I needed the dimensions of the footing. And I didn't have the plan set, but I had the dimensions of the footing. And I believe it's 120 feet north-south and 100 feet east-west. I believe those are the dimensions of the foundation of the Libby Center. And so I had to set those four corners. And it was a little different for me. I'm used to in my field of survey, having plan sets based off a prior survey that we may have conducted, and then I know exactly coordinate-wise where everything's going to fall per the new design. So I can punch in a coordinate based off something I already surveyed and go out and set in the ground. Over here, I did not have that luxury, so I brought some older surveying tools. I brought a 200-foot steel tape, and I brought some wood to put in the ground and some lath. I brought uh, those kind of things, and I had a calculator. And so uh, I needed an alignment. I didn't, know, I, I didn't know where to put the corners, Brother McAllister. What, what was I going to use for control? And so one thing for sure was I wasn't going to have it sticking out. If you go, I do this quite often. I go out and I drive on the north side of the Libby Center, and I look down the face of it, the, the east face of it, and it's in line with the east face of the gym. It may not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me. Because if it didn't align with the gym, guess who would have been at fault? So I had the gym on one side, and I knew I had to stay five feet away from it. And there's a curb and gutter that runs north-south, and I, it was straight. And I thought, ah, I could stay in line with the curb and gutter. I did find out through my measurements, and Bryson Rodriguez was helping me, that the north-south curb and gutter, or I'm sorry, the east-west curb and gutter on the north side was a skew. A skew. I couldn't use it. I couldn't use it for a straight edge. And so holding those two points, I put in my first two corners, which was the southeast and the northeast corner. And then I measured and I put in the back lots, the, the, the southwest and the northwest corner. And then I used uh, the good old hypotenuse uh, right triangle. I calculated 120 squared by 100 squared and got the square root. And I measured diagonally across. It was like 150.20 uh, feet. So I measured it like three times, and Bryson Rodriguez was probably getting pretty upset with me because I kept making him walk back and forth and checking because there were plans that were already made. And whenever they poured that concrete, if they came out with all that steel work, that framework, and it was off a foot, guess what? There's going to have to be a big bill that would need to be footed to replace the concrete that was poured. 
And so I knew the ramifications of what I was doing and, and, and what could really happen. And it was a good day when Brian called me, Brian Gregg, and said, Hey, everything works, everything fits, everything's good. But I needed an alignment. You can't just go out and build anywhere. You need something to keep you in the right direction. You need something solid, something that has already been established, something that is firm and won't move. You need something to keep you on track. That way, the rest of the building that you're building will be fitly framed and joined together. Hallelujah. That's why we come to church. That's why we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. As pastor has so emphatically stated already, it's important that you're here. Why are you here today? Why are you here? Because it's important that you stay aligned. I need to stay aligned. We need need to stay aligned. We need to be in unity. We need to hear the word of God. We need to feel his presence like we have already this morning. We need to offer the sacrifices of praise unto him who is worthy. If you don't need anything today, can I tell you we have a savior who is craving your worship, who is craving your adoration, who wants to hear one of the redeemed blood-bought saints of God say, Jesus, you're worthy, and I love you, and I thank you for everything you're done. Or Jesus, help me. I will rely on you I'm trusting in you I want to stay aligned I want to be full of your promises hallelujah put your hands together and worship him this morning Psalm 127 and 1 a song of degrees for Solomon says except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it except the Lord keep the city the watchman waketh but in vain. Except the Lord build the house. That's what we're talking today about. The Lord building the house. The Lord making sure that your house is strong. We've heard about the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And there's another um, great building that was built in September of 1913 in Canada. It's called the Transcon Grain Elevator. You might have read about this or heard about this. Transcon grain elevator finished in September of 2013. You have the workhouse behind it. It is not leaning, but the elevators are. And this is a structure that was built to hold grain. And so after they built it in September of 1913, it looked pretty. It was straight as planned, had it to be. And so they started filling up this grain elevator with grain. And what happened shortly thereafter, within the same day, within the first hour, they noticed it to start tilting. It was only three quarters full of grain. And within 12 hours, the west side is to my left, to your left. It started leaning at a 26 to 27 degree angle. And it sunk 40 feet into the ground after the weight that had been put into it, it could not sustain itself. It could not stand upright. It could not be used correctly because it had a horrible foundation and the soil underneath it became, uh, became very soft and started sinking under the pressure and underneath the weight of this grain elevator. And so is, uh, and so they tried to fix it, and they were able to fix it. And they not only had to raise it up, but they also had to lift it back up uh, 
40 feet. They were able to accomplish that back in the day using hand tools, and it's quite a marvel to read about how they did that. They had to drain all the grain on the side that's leaning first. But all of this happened because one important step was not taken care of. The foundation was not checked. The foundation was unstable. And so a lot of work went into something that wasn't going to last very long because there wasn't a firm foundation, because there wasn't something strong enough to keep the building erect and upright and do what it's supposed to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I may sound redundant, but I can never stress enough the importance on building everything on the promises of God and making sure that everything you do is scripturally sound. Every decision you make, everywhere you go, everywhere you let your children go, you need to make sure there's a firm foundation there and that every decision they're making is made upon the word of God. Because when you do that, there won't be tragedies like we see in this picture today. There won't be uh, dollars lost. There won't be lives lost. But there will be something that will last forever. Hallelujah. A, a solid foundation. I was going through some old pictures and some of the prompt of this lesson today was our recent trip to Israel in November, this past November. And it was quite an experience. And I, I really enjoyed every aspect of it. One of my favorite areas to visit was the Great Wall. And what you see um, above ground isn't really the complete wall. And so there is a place that we were allowed to walk into through Williams Arch and we were able to go down into the original level back in the days of Herod where the street would have been, which was still not the exact level, the, the bottom level of the Temple Mount of the Western Wall. And uh, they took us down and we were able to see the some of the original stones that were used and that were built by Herod the Great. I have a picture here. Um, Yes, so what you can see on the right side of the picture is part of that wall and the original stones that were set um, down beneath ground level, existing ground level. And these stones are amazing. The Jerusalem stones that they dug out of the quarry nearby and how they hauled it over into the Temple Mount and how they erected it on top of each other like you see here. And... One of the coolest parts of this walk within this particular area was we were able to see the bedrock that was used for the Temple Mount, which happened to be Mount Moriah itself, and there's a part of it exposed, and you can actually touch the bedrock of Mount Moriah where, where the Temple Mount is built. It's built upon a solid foundation. And one of the stones that they used, that they have found there, is about 40 feet long. It's 12 foot high, and it's 14 feet deep, and it's estimated to weigh somewhere beyond, around 570 to 600 tons. How they got it there, they're still bewildered. They have some ideas of how they pulled it and got it to where it was. It's hewn perfectly. It's set right on top. It's straight. It's called a dry build. They don't use concrete in between the stones. They just set them on top of each other. It's a fantastic marvel to see and to wonder how they did this back in biblical times. And so the weight of this stone, 600 tons, could be equivalent to like 200 elephants or 
or two very full of passengers and luggage and items bought, 747s to put it in a modern, a modern uh, visualization. But it is a stone that was used to bear the weight of the rest of the structure. It was a foundation that would withhold all of the weight that was going to be put on top of it. And I want to read from the second chapter of First Peter. He says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes, desire what? Desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That ye may grow thereby. There's that foundation. There's the soil upon which the foundation is built. The sincere milk of the word. Hallelujah. We need to learn how to put aside some things. All of our malice and all of our guile, all of our evil speakings. That way we can be hungry for the things of God. That's why we come to church to align ourselves, to align our hunger, to put in perspective what we should really be thirsting and hungering after. Righteousness and God and Jesus Christ and His truth. These are the things that we should desire, the Word of God. Because when we get that inside of us, then we can grow. Then we can become something that God wants us to be. We can't get that way when we're backbiting and murmuring like Brother C. Jay said this morning in a wonderful word shot when we have evil speakings in our heart. But we've got to get some things out so we can desire the word of God to replace that hatred inside of us. And we can grow and we can help others grow. Going on in verse 3. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. I'd like to read that again. He said, ye also are lively stones and are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. When you get the presence of the living God within you, the Holy Ghost residing within your house, you become a spiritual stone. And when you offer up spiritual sacrifices, you grow the kingdom of God. I want to go to the next verse. It says, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, Elect, precious, and the stone, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. There is a chief cornerstone laid up in Zion that we can build everything upon. If you could show the next picture, please, Brother Barrett. Chief cornerstone in most dwellings and homes look like that apex piece in the corner bottom center of the picture. It was a stone that was stronger than any other stone in the building. It was a stone that held together the whole building. It was the first stone set. And when it was aligned and set, then the angles of the wall could be built on top of it. If it was a weak stone, if it was a stone that had not been tried by the weather, by the elements, by the wind, and by the rain, None of the house could stand, but it was a stone that was strong that you could build next to. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the chief cornerstone this morning, and I won't be long this 
for the rest of this service. Brother McAllister, if you would come, musicians come. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is something that you can build next to. He is something that you can rely upon and lean to in times of storm. The Bible says that they rejected this cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. I'm thankful to know today that the head of the corner is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ God Almighty, the Father, the Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. That is the chief cornerstone this morning. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for an apostolic church that still believes in the oneness of God and who we lean on and who we rely upon. The one who is a healer. The one who is a miracle worker. The one who is a deliverer. You can go other places. You won't find anybody like the Jesus we serve because he's the only God that you can serve. And he's the only God worth making obeisance to. Hallelujah. Put your hands together if you know what I'm talking about this morning. Thank you, Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. You can build upon the chief cornerstone. You can rest assured that you're in safety when you build upon the chief cornerstone. Oftentimes I marvel that I've been so blessed to find such great a salvation while this world worries about material things and political things and things that will only give them just short amount of joy and freedom and fun. I have found the chief cornerstone whereupon I can build my life, whereupon I can gain a heavenly treasure this morning. Hallelujah. And I want to testify about that building. Hallelujah. As we stand together, I want to read to you a section of the California Building Code. It says this in section 1808.6.1 in the foundation section of the California Building Code. It says foundations placed on or within the active zone of expansive soils shall be designed to resist differential volume changes and to prevent structural damage to the supported structure. Deflection and raking of the supported structure shall be limited to that which shall not interfere with the usability and serviceability of the structure. Number one, foundations placed below where volume change occurs or below expansive soil shall comply with the following provisions. Foundations extending into or penetrating expansive soils shall be designed to prevent uplift of the supported structure. What that is saying is if there's an earthquake, the foundation's going to make sure that it's still going to be stable. If there's going to be a rocking of your world, this structure that you built upon is going to make sure that everything you put on top of it is going to stand. Sounds like a chief cornerstone to me. I'm thankful that when all the world all around me is shifting sand, on Jesus Christ, the solid rock, I stand. When the winds come and when the rain comes, there is a God that I can build upon. Found number two, foundations penetrating expansive soils shall be designed to resist forces exerted on the foundation due to soil volume changes or shall be isolated from the expansive 
soil. Foundation basically is something that's going to stand when the storm comes, when the weather changes, when it's not nice and bright and sunny outside, when it's not the springtime, but when it's the fall and when it's the winter, you're going to have a foundation that isn't going to crack. You're going to have a foundation that is going to be sure and solid. And today, for emphasis sake, I want to say that I'm thankful for the chief cornerstone in the house of God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. I want to be a lively stone. I want to build upon it. I want to build strength into the house of God. I want to be something that can build a future. Hallelujah. I want to be a testimony. I want to see more in these altars. We had some today and I thank God for that. I thank God for the visitors that are coming and seeking and keep seeking because God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, my friend, if you keep seeking because we have a chief cornerstone. But I want to see more. I want to see more people coming to the house of God. I want to see more people raising their hands. I want there to be less guile and less malice and less evil speaking. I want the sincere work of word of the the Lord to be inside him. Let's worship him this morning as they sing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sing with them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. unto you therefore which believe he is precious what is precious the chief cornerstone but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner praise God others will reject it but in rejecting it it's going to be a house of destruction because it's built on sand but when your life is built on a foundation, praise God, a firm foundation, a chief cornerstone, there's a stability that is there. You know what our world needs? Our world needs believers that recognize the foundation on which they stand. Amen. A world that is in so much turmoil and confusion and disarray. We are in a world that is a shifting, shaking foundation. Amen. But when you're standing upon Christ, the solid rock, there's an anchor. There's an anchor. It holds. It's steady. It is right. Code 10454.5.